Ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. And now your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hey, Paul. How are you? Okay, what's up? Oh, I'm doing good. DK, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. Sure, absolutely. I'm I'm thrilled. I'm very excited. I, I know you've had so many great uh, guests on. I was amazed so, <laughs> that you wanted me, so <laughs> thank you. Well, I want to introduce everybody out there to the man that you hear. That's Dennis King, and he's known by a lot of people as DK the DJ. He is an award-winning radio personality. He hosts the Island Time radio show, and he has been doing radio for more than 20 years. He is a veteran. Dennis King, it's a great pleasure to interview you. I'm honored, and I should tell you one thing. The very, very first time I ever got to be on the radio was as a call-in guest to your show. Wow, okay. So I did not know that. <laughs> that was the first time. Well, can you tell us about your first time? The first time the microphone was on, you were on the airwaves, on the radio, DK the DJ. Well, I wasn't DK the DJ the first time I was on the radio, but uh, I did a lot of things in high school, and then those were all recorded, and I, I worked at a talk station as a board operator, but they would let me do the weather and all that kind of stuff, but it was always recorded. So the first time I was actually turning a mic on and was live was when I was in college. I was at uh, Malone College in Canton, Ohio, which is now Malone U University these days. But I had a show there for a couple of years, and uh, I ended up being the station manager during my time there. And that would probably be the first time that it was live. And it was a very uh, small audience, I'll tell you that. It was AM station, and it was basically just heard on campus. <laughs> It's a pretty small deal, but it was uh, exciting. So where do you call Homeport? Where were you born, and where did you grow up? Well, I'm in the Cleveland area, and I was born probably a mile or so from where I'm sitting right now, Parma, Ohio, and that's a suburb of Cleveland. And really, as much as I love to travel, the only time I ever left here was to go to Malone College, like I mentioned, which was in Canton, which was like an hour away. But being the way I am, I always had stuff going on on the weekends. I even worked in radio during college, so I was I was here every weekend, during, even during my college years. Having been in radio as long as you have been, when you're on the air, when you're broadcasting, what would you say your goal is? My goal is to be entertaining, positive for the audience. You know, I want to be upbeat. I want people to have a good time. Our show is all about forgetting the forgetting your problems and forgetting the real world for a couple of hours and maybe having a cocktail or just sitting back and maybe you're in the hot tub if you're not uh, up here, you know, where you got some hot tub next to you. But uh, just try to be positive, upbeat, let people have a good time. And my goal for them would be to, that they're entertained, you know, and uh, want to come back. Having been on the radio for more than two decades, what have you learned about people? Do you mean the people I've dealt with on the show, or do you mean the audience, or just people in general? People in general. Yeah. 
That is a that is a t- <laughs> interesting, tough question. I guess when it comes to musicians, I'll be honest with you. When I started the show, I was so intimidated by the whole thing, and and you know, I was like nervous about contacting musicians and. It took me a little while to figure out, you know, hey, I'm helping them out. I'm promoting them. They're glad to hear from me, you know, for the most part. So that really, I figured that out after a while, you know, I was like, I'm here to, I'm here to help, you know. So uh, <laughs> that, that went away. I, I, I was real intimidated also that at a college radio station where I was doing the show that the college kids would be real uh, turned off and, you know, think it was kind of not hip or, or cool or whatever, you know what I'm trying to say here. But they ex- actually the exact opposite happened. All the students that I've dealt with in the 20 plus years there have just been fantastic to me. And they've been so uh, nice and supportive and told me they listened to the show and so forth. Cause it's not really their music, you know, for the most part, there might be a few people that really enjoy that kind of thing. But in people in general, I, I don't know. I, it's a, really a tough question. Doing the show has, uh, made meeting people a lot easier for me. I was pretty shy when I was growing up. And so doing an outgoing thing like this at first was a little awkward for me, but uh, it's become second nature now. That's probably the best answer I can give. That's a tough one. Well, when somebody is going to be on the show, they're in the studio or maybe they're on the phone and you get the sense that they might be a little nervous or maybe they confess, okay, I'm a little nervous about this. Right. What does... Dennis King do to make them feel comfortable? I have run into this a few times with uh, musicians and especially people that have never done a, a radio thing before. And you can usually sense it. Like maybe the answers are kind of short. And uh, so I won't let that linger. You know, if I, if I sense, I'll try to change this topic or I'll try to, uh, I don't know, keep it, keep it flowing somehow and try to make them feel comfortable. If it's an in-studio guest, I'll talk to them a, a little bit, you know, off the air and say, hey, you know, you can do this. This isn't, you know, believe me, it's not that big a deal. You'll be all right, and that kind of thing. But um, I guess I guess try just to try to make them feel comfortable and, and not let it, you know, not let it get awkward. You know what I mean? Like turn into an awkward interview. I try to keep it flowing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't help but think, I mean, it, there's probably been maybe thousands of songs that you've played on the radio through the years. <laughs> but would you say that there is a song that's like your theme song, uh, the song that describes Dennis King? Paul, this is a tough one. I had to really think about this one too. But I will tell you this, like I've kind of mentioned, I try to always be positive on the air. In my life, I try to fill my head with positive things. I, I don't even like to watch like scary movies because – I like positive, you know, I like happy. And I guess the song that I would pick would be Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys because the Beach Boys have meant more to me than any other musical act over the years. That song is nothing but, you know, positivity and enjoying life and uh, to its fullest and uh, makes you think of summertime. I guess that would probably be a Good Vibrations. Oh, that's a great choice. Yeah. You know, I remember listening to a broadcast of yours of Island Time Radio Show, and I'll never forget this. You were playing the Raspberries. Okay. Everybody knows that you love the Beach Boys. 
Yes. But who were the bands and singers that made the biggest impression on you as a young person? That's an interesting question. As a real young person, you know, I liked a lot of things, but Partridge Family TV show and our buddy Jeff Pike and I have kind of bonded with this topic because he was the same way. That's really, really what got me uh, going with music. You know, a friend of mine turned me onto that show. I started watching it. Next thing I know, there was all, oh, there's all these cool albums, and I ended up buying all these the, uh, Partridge Family albums. And looking back on it, people don't really always realize how good those those records were. They were done by top-notch studio guys from the 60s, you know, the Wrecking Crew guys. and The songwriters were top-notch people. And looking back, it made sense that, that I would love that. And, it, and I, they had a lot of harmony in the music, which, of course, later I discovered the Beach Boys have a little bit of that, too. And later in life, Barry Manilow, believe it or not, was a, a, a big one for me when I was going through my uh, awkward... Uh, Growing up years, <laughs> those songs uh, <laughs> meant something to me, and I love the the production, the uh, dramatic production. And when I heard "Could It Be Magic" for the first time, I was just like, "Whoa, this is an, an amazing record!" And so I would say Barry to a certain extent. And then when I got a little bit older into my twenties, uh, I really, really discovered uh, the Beach Boys thing, and it was like an album at a time. You know, I bought. First, I had the Endless Summer Greatest Hits, and then I found out, oh, there's this album, and then I found, oh, there's this album. Next thing I know, it took about a year or so, I ended up having every single album. And I always make the joke, when, when everybody else was uh, probably singing Led Zeppelin in high school, I was humming away to uh, songs from Holland, <laughs> a, a kind of obscure, not really obscure, <laughs> a little bit of obscure Beach Boy album from, from the 70s. So that would be... Uh, later in life. And then when I got into my thirties, I discovered really, I knew I was aware of Jimmy Buffett, of course, but I really, uh, started figuring him out. And the same thing, I ended up buying album after album until I had the whole collection. Those would probably be my, over the course of my lifetime, those would be the top one. I love a lot of acts, as you can imagine, but those would be the top. It's a very diverse list, but I have to say, you've got great taste. These are all I have great respect for these choices. Thank you. And I, and I will say, I'll never forget your interview with Marty Panzer, the, one of the co-writers of uh, Barry Manilow's songs. Oh, so. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Marty. Yeah. Marty's a special, a special lyricist and an interesting guy. Absolutely. I found it uh, very interesting. Thank you. Well, on the note of Jimmy Buffett, what is your favorite Buffett song? Wow, favorite Buffett song. Wow, that is, wow, that's a good one. I'm not sure I could pinpoint it, but I'll tell you the era that I love the best was from that, uh, like that 1976 album where he's uh, Pink Crustacean or whatever, or whatever the album is with women going crazy on Caroline Street. That era, you know, when he was living in Key West, I absolutely love those the most. I can put those on any time. Or, or the albums from the year or two before that, you know, 74 to like 78. But man, a, f a favorite song. I, I, you know what? One of the one I really love is uh, Who's the Blonde Stranger? That might, that might be it. And I'd say real close second might be Last Mango in Paris. I love that one too. Uh -huh. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. So have you had a chance to listen to this new Buffett album? It's called Life on the Flip Side. 
you know, all these years, I still can't get Jimmy Buffett to send me his albums. I just don't understand it. So I <laughs> have it on order, but I don't have it yet. But I have heard two cuts. And uh, it to me, it's from just reading the titles and getting the vibe from the couple songs I heard, I I think this could be his best album, best album for Parrotheads, let's put it that way. Oh. Stuff that Parrotheads really embrace and love. I think this could be the best one in like maybe 15 years. So, and I love uh, Down at the Lottie Da. I love that song. Do you see Jimmy Buffett slowing down? I mean, it's not very usual to be, I mean, it's been more than 50 years since his first album came out. Right. It's funny. Did you ever think we'd be buying albums from uh, people in their 70s and stuff? I uh, just bought an album by Dennis D. Young. He's like 74 or something like that, and it's great. I mean, you'd never know. The guy was almost a senior citizen at this point. I don't see Jimmy's, you know, the guy keeps himself in physical, great physical shape, and uh, as long as he's got his, uh, you know, whereabouts and so forth, I don't see him slowing down. Maybe he might slow down the live shows, but uh, recording anyway, I don't, I don't see that. And he, you know, he's got a pool of writers i'm sure that he can go to and all that kind of stuff so no, i don't i don't think so i don't see that happening you've had the chance to interview some interesting people on the island time radio show hal blaine comes to mind yes who were you the most excited about having on the phone or in the studio well, as you know, I'm a big Beach Boy fanatic, so I was doing, I used to do these, this wasn't actually Island Time, but it was on the same radio station, but I did these 18-hour uh, Beach Boy marathons, and I had gotten to know Jeffrey Foskett, who was in Brian's band, and he, he has a long history with the Beach Boys. I met him once years and years ago, so I interviewed him on Island Time, so he knew who I was. Somehow, he got word that I was doing this marathon, and Brian band was touring that day so they were just in the hotel or backstage wherever they were getting ready for the show and jeffrey foskett totally without my knowledge ahead of time calls me and says i got brian here do you want me to put him on and i'm i'm my you know my jaw dropped <laughs> i'm like uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it really wasn't any kind of an extensive interview or anything. He put him on the phone. We were on for like a minute. And of course I became like, you know, the fan. And I just started telling him how much his music meant to me and blah, blah, blah. But, and he, he's heard all this a million times before, but definitely that, that minute I had on the air with Brian Wilson would be, that would be tops. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. Yeah. Other than perhaps being able to go a little deeper with Brian Wilson. Who, if you could get anybody to be a, a guest on Island Time, would you like to have as a guest? Before I answer that, can I answer also who I was the most excited to have in the studio? Of course. There was two that came to mind. Howard Livingston, when he was first starting out, had this huge tour bus, you know, just like a rock star. I, I, I was in it for a few minutes. I mean, you know, I had the kitchen, the whole deal. He drove, he drove his tour bus up to the, the campus. It was in the middle of summer. And him and some of the band members and Cindy, they were all there. And it was one of the most memorable shows because, you know, they were just coming through town. They were doing shows all over the country. Something I never thought I would have happen on the show. That was very, 
memorable one. And another one was Bob Carwin. I've been interviewing Bob for 20 plus years. You know, you know, Bob, he's a character. Oh yeah. Always fun to talk to. And he calls or sends me a message. It was like a week out or two or something like that. And he says, Hey, my, my daughter's got some, uh, kind of athletic competition in Columbus, but I, I can get away and I can drive up there. And he drove up and was an in-studio guest. This was like about a year ago. And, uh, that was exciting because I just, you know, it was one of those guys I've been talking to forever. And I, I had met him at a couple of uh, Parrothead events, but I'd never actually had him in the show like that. So those, those two come to mind. As far as um, somebody I would love to have on, yeah, obviously, obviously Jimmy Buffett or Kenny Chesney, obviously that would be fun. But maybe a, one that's a little more obtainable in my by me saying this on, on your podcast, maybe it'll help it happen. <laughs> Nashville's uh, singer-songwriter James Slater is somebody I would love to have on. Oh, okay. He has that song, uh, Key West Address, and he's done a lot of other st- stuff beyond that. But for whatever reason, I've never been able to uh, pin him down. So that that would be probably my uh, that would probably be my number one. James Slater. If you're out there listening, James. That's right, James. Get in touch <laughs> with DK. I have to say, one of my best friends is from Ohio. Oh, (laughs) really? Yeah, Dave is his name. And people from Ohio tend to be very nice. And it's interesting because they're a combination, it feels like, of people from the Northeast. They also have a certain Southern kind of, I think, sensibility, but also a bit of a Midwestern vibe. Mm -hmm. How would you... DK, how would you describe people from Ohio? <laughs> That's an interesting question. It depend, my my experience has been it depends on where what part of the state you're in. <laughs> they are friendly, you know, if you want to compare it to uh, other big cities, you could probably say we are friendlier. I would definitely say that cuz we are generally speaking. But I find it I whenever I've been to southern Ohio, I, those people are really friendly, okay? I mean, it it strikes me as a northern Ohio person to to uh, see how they are and talk to them and so forth. That's so. In my a lot of my family came from Cincinnati, so I spent a lot of time down there over the years. But yes, definitely very friendly. As far as um, I'm going to get into the parrothead thing again. As far as that goes, I'm always trying to uh, get them to uh, appreciate our whole tropical music thing more because. Once it gets to winter, it's always a tough sell around here. <laughs> and uh, trying to get them excited about when I was, the, for example, when I was the president of the Parrothead Club, it was always a tough sell to get people excited about, you know, Buffett and summertime and beaches when it was, you know, freezing out. But once they find out more about it and they embrace it, they're, they're the Parrotheads I'm talking, they uh, they come around. And, and over the years, we've... Uh, We've started to get a lot of uh, trap rock shows in here and through town, through house concerts and so forth. And uh, that's become uh, a better deal, I guess you'd say. But as far as Ohio people in general, I I guess we're friendly, I guess. I don't know know what else to say. (laughs) It's a good description. Friendly and down to earth. Down down to earth. Okay. That was, yeah, they're not up in the clouds too much. It's pretty, uh, there was a phrase back in the day you got to be tough to live in cleveland and because it's never easy here (laughs) nothing Hmm. comes easy so 
We know about that, especially with our sports teams, you know. Nothing comes easy. <laughs> I think we can learn a lot about a person from this question. Okay. What is your all-time favorite meal? Oh, good one. <laughs> I absolutely love pizza, and I've always made the joke, I never met a pizza I didn't like. You know, some people say, oh, this place is really good, but oh, I don't like this place. I'm like, it's still pizza. I love it, you know. <laughs> So that's that would be top. And another one would be uh, if I can have a prime rib dinner, you know, baked potato, prime rib. Not something I have every day, obviously, but that that's up there, too. Not just limited to broadcasting. It could be anything. What's the best compliment you ever received? Oh, OK. Well, I won't name names, but somebody told me in the last year that they they're in the trap rock industry. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they told me that artists have told him that I was like a great interviewer on the show. And I never really thought that was my strong point doing Island time. I never thought that was it. And to hear that was like, I really like, wow, really? I'm looking at your questions by the way. And I'm like, I got to get more questions like this. Cause these are great questions. <laughs> but, uh, People have told me that since, and uh, that makes me feel good because, again, it's not really uh, what I thought was the strong point. And, and it, I do, even now, I still get a little bit apprehensive sometimes about the interviews because I, I don't want to mess them up or ask the wrong question or that kind of thing. But uh, to hear that is, is always great, yeah. And I have to say, you have the perfect combination that not everybody can have, and that is... You sound excited. You're glad to be there. You have energy, yeah. but you're laid back at the same time, and not everybody can do that. Okay. That's a good compliment, too. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, what's the best thing about being Dennis King? <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny one. <laughs> well, as far as I kind of, I'm tying things to the show, but now that I've actually been doing this for so long, and I was honored, by the way, I remember I told you I've always had a great relationship with the students at Baldwin-Wallace uh, University, and a few years ago, they voted me in as in the, the Radio Hall of Fame there, which really uh, took me back and, you know, really humbled me and everything, but that was a great honor, but the best thing, you know, now, now when you get stuff like that, people say, oh, you got, uh, you got awards and so forth, and you got a little bit of history. That is uh, the best thing, is, is being able to contact people for the show or meet people at events, at Trap Rock events and so forth. And a lot of times they already know you, which is, is fantastic. You know, you can't buy that kind of stuff. So, and for somebody like me, when I was younger, I wasn't always, you know, the most socially uh, person or whatever. Uh, you know, I was, sometimes it was a little awkward for me. It's great now, you know. It's so comfortable, especially when we're at, you know, that kind of an event. It, it, I just feel like when I'm at something like Music on the Bay, it just feels like home. It's like this is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> this is uh, These are my people, if you will. So, I guess that's the best part. Well, speaking of people, for all the people who are listening in, totally open-ended, what would you say to them? <laughs> what would I say to them? 
if you enjoyed this interview, I hope you can listen to our show because I have a lot of fun with it. And uh, we have expanded, by the way, Paul, I don't know if you knew, we have another show on the side now. It's called Tropical Play. And uh, it's on Shore Life Radio. And uh, I record that one at my house. And that one's a little different than Island Time. And there's no interviews or anything. But I guess, yeah, listen to my show. <laughs> if you can. Excellent. That'd be what I'd say. <laughs> and if they want to listen to uh, the Island Time radio show, it's on WBWC, The Sting. Right. 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern Time. That's Monday nights. Monday. And it's also web streamed on WBWC.com. It's on radio.net. It's on the TuneIn app. And then we're on four other stations. Can I name them? Or? Sure. Shore Life Radio, Surf 97 out of Flagler Beach, Florida, Radio A1A, and Beachfront Radio. And then on top of all that, through the help of Radio A1A, Captain Harry over there has been a great, great help to me. I've been able to uh, put out a podcast every week. And so I put that together a day or so after doing the live show. And that has been such a blessing to me because, as you can imagine, people for years have told me, I can't stay up uh, till one o'clock in the morning on a Monday night, you know. So it's been a great alternative to be able to say, hey, man, you got podcast here. As you would know very well, you can listen to this anytime. It's an interesting time we're living in. I have to say, I'm very curious to know, DK, who influenced you the most? Not necessarily just names, although names are fine, but maybe shows or stations that, that maybe kind of helped you form the personality and show that you host. That's a good question. So my radio heroes, you know, were probably names you might not know because they were Cleveland guys, but... I was a radio junkie in growing up, and I listened to Top 40, where a lot of everybody else was around here, especially in Cleveland. They were always into the album-oriented stations, which I would listen to once in a while, but I was so into the Top 40, and I loved the, the Top 40 style and the, the personalities that they, you know, they would be, try to be funny and that kind of stuff. So some of those people, you know, Tom Kent, I was a big radio guy, Joe Bohannon, a few of those nationally, and even though he wasn't a DJ necessarily, Johnny Carson watching Johnny growing up the Tonight Show. Oh yeah. To this day, I still watch the reruns because, to me, he was so classy, and he was so funny, and he didn't. I don't know. He, he made it fun. You know, it, it's what a, it's what it's supposed to be about. You know, made it made it made it entertaining. And I, I admire him so much. Dick Clark, to a certain extent, I, I kind of liked his style. But radio guys, yeah, I can't think of any other, because uh, it was mostly local guys that influenced me. But, yeah. But I took a little bit from, uh, you know, you know how it is. You take a little from this guy and this guy and make it make it your own. Anyone can visit itrshow.com. That's Dennis King's right. website, itrshow.com. My last question, we have this label that we put on you, that you're Dennis King radio host, DJ. Right. Who is Dennis King at heart? How would you define yourself? Wow. <laughs> How I would define myself? Well, 
like I said, I, I try to be a very positive person no matter what the situation. I always try to look on the bright side. I try to be friendly. Wow, that's a tough one. Define myself. I don't know. <laughs> and on the radio, I try to be fun and entertaining, like I said, and positive. I don't know. That's a tough one, Paul. You got me on that one. I would say that you're jovial and open. Open? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty open <laughs> about stuff. Yeah. You're comfortable. If you see my Facebook <laughs> stuff yeah, on the radio, yeah, we, we talk about anything. <laughs> exactly. So, Well, King Dennis, thank you very much. It's been an honor to interview you. Continued success. I really appreciate it, Paul, and uh, thank you so much for this. This is an honor to be on your podcast. It really is. I'm honored. All right, sir. Well, happy trails. Until next time. All right. Fins up, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Paul Leslie Hour. Hosted, written, and produced by Paul Leslie. Intro theme song, Alexander's Ragtime Band, written by Irving Berlin, performed by Dan Barrett. Outro scatting G-Things, improvised, performed, and produced by John Goodwin. Until next time. Goodbye.